Good morning, and welcome to Simply Economics. It's Sunday, March 3rd. On today's show, Taiwan locks horns with China, asserting they are not puppets and urging China to focus on their economic slump. Plus, we explore the potential outcomes if politics were removed from economic stimulus programs. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Economics. We start off with escalating tensions between Taiwan and China, as Taiwan asserts its independence and criticizes China's response to an interview with Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu. In response to China's condemnation of India for allowing Taiwan to promote Taiwan independence, Taiwan's foreign ministry has stated, we are not puppets of the People's Republic of China. Here to discuss this further is Bella, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you shed more light on this situation? Certainly. This is a complex issue with deep historical roots. Taiwan has been asserting its independence from China, despite China's claims of sovereignty over the democratically governed island. The recent interview with Taiwan's Foreign Minister Joseph Wu has sparked a fresh round of criticism from China, particularly aimed at India for allowing the interview to take place. But doesn't India adhere to the One China policy and maintain no formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan? That's correct. India does adhere to the One China policy, which essentially recognizes Taiwan as part of China. However, this recent incident has brought the issue back into the spotlight. Taiwan's foreign ministry responded strongly to China's statement, emphasizing that neither India nor Taiwan is part of the People's Republic of China, and that they are both democracies with free presses. What about the military aspect of this conflict? Over the past four years, Taiwan has been increasingly concerned about heightened Chinese military maneuvers, including frequent flights of fighter jets over the strait. These actions are seen as part of a gray zone involving the deployment of military aircraft and naval vessels across the median line and within Taiwan's ADIZ. And how does the United States fit into this picture? The United States maintains an informal relationship with Taiwan, acknowledging China's stance that Taiwan is part of its territory. However, the U.S. has been a strong supporter of Taiwan, providing it with the means to defend itself. Thanks for that insight, Bella. Speaking of complex economic situations, as unemployment rises and economic growth weakens, Economists are debating when the Reserve Bank will start cutting interest rates. A key piece of data due this Wednesday will shed light on economic growth in the last quarter of last year. But how will this data impact workers? Here to discuss this is our correspondent from Simply Economics. Indeed, David. The official narrative of Australia's economy is that after the early 1990s recession, we didn't experience another recession for 29 years. However, this masks a more complicated story about workers' experience of the economy. According to an alternative definition of recession based on rising unemployment, Australia endured two recessions in that time. Could you elaborate on this alternative definition of recession? Certainly. This alternative definition, known as the SOM rule, uses a moving average of the unemployment rate to sound the alarm about rising distress in the labor market. If the average of the unemployment rate for the past three months increases 0.5 percentage points above the lowest unemployment rate recorded in the prior 12 months, 
it means the economy has entered a recession. For Australian conditions, the Reserve Bank has tweaked this to 0.75 percentage points. So how does this rule apply to the current state of Australia's economy? Australia's unemployment rate has increased from 3.6% to 4.1% in the past five months. Commonwealth Bank economist Gareth Aird says the trend unemployment rate is already 0.5 percentage points above its lowest recorded level from the past 12 months. This, coupled with very weak economic growth, is somewhat concerning. And how does Dr. Claudia Sam, the creator of the Sam rule, propose we use this rule for the benefit of workers? Dr. Sam suggests that the rule could be used to trigger the release of automatic stimulus payments to workers early in a recession. This could support economic activity and lessen the impact of the downturn. She argues that data stretching back to the 1970s show that once the unemployment rate has risen by half a percentage point, it typically keeps rising by another two to three percentage points in a recession, which is terrible for workers. Automatic stimulus payments could prevent much of that extra unemployment from happening in future crises. But wouldn't such a system risk causing inflation? Dr. Sam acknowledges this concern. She suggests that if we developed such a system ahead of time, we'd have the luxury of time to, to think deeply about the design and potential impact of stimulus payments. She believes that a properly targeted and calibrated system of automatic stimulus payments could have benefited the past two recessions in the U.S. Dr. Sam's research is certainly something we'll be keeping an eye on. Thanks for that, Abby. Now, shifting our focus to international economics, China's economic activity has seen a rebound in 2023 following the post-COVID reopening. The real GDP is estimated to have grown broadly in line with the authority's growth target of around 5%, according to the executive board of the International Monetary Fund, IMF. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about this rebound? Certainly, David. The IMF made this statement after concluding its annual Article 4 review of the Chinese economy. The recovery was primarily driven by domestic demand, particularly private consumption. Supportive macroeconomic policies, including the further relaxation of monetary policy, tax relief for firms and households, and fiscal spending on disaster relief, also played a significant role. What about inflation? How has that been affected? Inflation in China fell in 2023, largely due to decreased energy and food prices. However, it's expected to increase gradually to 1.3% in 2024, as the output gap narrows and the base effects of commodity prices recede. What policy actions have been taken that could potentially boost confidence and lead to a better-than-expected rebound in private investment? Decisive policy action, including accelerated restructuring in the property sector, could indeed boost confidence and lead to a better-than-expected rebound in private investment. This was highlighted in the IMF's statement. Can you tell us more about the IMF's annual Article 4 review of the Chinese economy? An IMF team visited China from October 26th to November 7th to undertake the 2023 Article 4 consultation. They held constructive discussions with senior officials from the government and the People's Bank of China, as well as private sector representatives and academics. The aim was to exchange views on China's economic prospects and risks, reform progress and challenges and policy responses. That was Simply Economics reporter James. 
Thanks so much for being here. Speaking of economics, the past week in the commodities landscape was marked by cautious market movements, with investors waiting for crucial economic indicators and commentary from Federal Reserve speakers. Notably, the precious metals market saw significant shifts, with COMEX Gold surpassing the $2,095 per troy ounce mark. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply Economics. Can you tell us more about the factors that propelled this upward trajectory? Certainly, David. The rise in gold prices was primarily driven by a weakening dollar and a decline in Treasury yields amidst signs of a softening in the U.S. economic landscape. The retreat of Treasury yields began early in the week, following a downward revision in the U.S. Q4 GDP data. The annualized expansion of the U.S. economy stood at 3.2% in Q4 2023, a slight dip from the initial estimate of 3.3% and a significant deceleration from the robust 4.9% rate recorded in Q3. Additionally, U.S. manufacturing and consumer sentiment showed weaknesses in February, and January's annual inflation growth in the U.S. was the smallest in nearly three years. What have Federal Reserve officials been saying about these developments. Federal Reserve officials indicated throughout the week that the pace of interest rate adjustments would depend on incoming economic data, signaling a nuanced approach to rate cuts. This suggests that they're closely monitoring the economic landscape and are ready to adjust their strategies as necessary. What about other commodities, such as silver and crude oil? Silver also saw a weekly rise of approximately 0.8% particularly spurred by a decline in the U.S. ISM manufacturing PMI. Meanwhile, WI crude oil surged above 80.5 per barrel, reaching its highest point in four months. This was fueled by signs of tightening in the physical market amid the Red Sea crisis and OPEC plus cuts. Despite an unexpected U.S. stock buildup causing a brief pullback, expectations of OPEC plus extending supply cuts into the second quarter overshadowed the negative impact. And what's the outlook for the coming week? Investors will be closely monitoring the U.S. ISM Services PMI, Powell's testimony, the ECB policy meeting, and U.S. jobs data. The resilience of U.S. non-farm payrolls data in the past three months has tempered expectations for imminent rate cuts. However, any signs of weakness in the labor market could act as a tailwind for gold prices, given the Federal Reserve's data-dependent approach. That's certainly something to watch. Thanks, Celeste. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Economics. We'll see you back here tomorrow.